Well, there's something for everyone in that list. <laughs> Confessions are on, uh, never mind. <laughs> it, 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 a little background would be helpful with this. And it's interesting that this comes up. It isn't triggered by Jesus. I've, I've had to look at this a few times to realize this. Uh, Moses prescribed that for the washing of hands, many of these Jewish laws came out of their time in the desert. And it was, it really was, a, a, it began as kind of a sanitary thing. And also by washing the outside, we are in fact praying for a cleansing of the inside. We do the same thing at mass here. When I say at the lavabo, I talked a few weeks ago, Lord, wash away my iniquity, cleanse me from my sins. I'm saying it on behalf of all of us. This doesn't cleanse me from my sins. It's a sign. My mother used to, every time she took a bath, she'd say, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sins. So I invite you to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, but over time, they had to adapt, adopt, adapt the, excuse me, the law to current circumstances. It was like our Constitution. It didn't fit the modern times completely. They had to, um, to, to make adjustments because they were no longer nomads in tents, you know. So the, what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and scribes had done is instead of washing just the hands, they went all the way up to the elbows and so on and the washing of feet and, and all the rest of it. And Jesus isn't condemning that. He's just saying that that's all they did. They, no, they had lost the reason for doing it, which was the conversion of the heart. After all, washing hands doesn't, doesn't forgive anything, and it doesn't convert you either. It's meant to be a sign. So obviously one of, of Jesus' disciples or two just skipped it. One thinks perhaps of St. Matthew, who was, his profession was considered one of the greatest sins in Israel to work for the occupying Romans, and even worse, to be handling money with a false god on it, you see. So Matthew, I'm intuiting here, might have been one of those that didn't exactly go to synagogue every Sunday. It's funny that Jesus would pick somebody like that, but he did. You see the conversion, though. And so Matthew, perhaps not being used to all the Jewish laws, might have just walked in without, as he usually did, just didn't bother. And the scribes, or Pharisees, are, they're judging Jesus, see, and they have a right to do that. That's their role. But they're looking and they're thinking, this guy claims to be a teacher of the law, and they don't even wash their hands. But they're, break, they're bring, breaking the Mosaic law. And so <laughs> Jesus, you know, don't think of him as just a mild-mannered, milk-toasty shepherd that walks around, you know, with, with a crook and, you know, and so on. He, he looks at them and says, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, you hypocrites? Well, I sure wouldn't invite him to dinner again. <laughs> Talk about a bad, bitter guest. You know, um, it reminds me, this whole story reminded me of something that, that occurred, uh, I mentioned before, because this actually happened twice, believe it or not, to me. I came back from one of those pilgrimages, and fortunately for whoever was here, they didn't stay in the rectory that time. They were stayed elsewhere, but you, uh, most of the time, half the time they stay over here, if, you know, depends. But I came back and there was the most god-awful smell in the house. It smelled like a dead body had been in there or a turkey had been left out for two weeks, you know? Anyway, uh, we got busy. I thought something died under the house or something. We got busy looking, 
I and a couple of the staff members went over there. We pulled out one thing after the other because it was centered in the kitchen and nothing, nothing, nothing. The smell was there, the smell was there. And finally, we found the smell. Now, if I would have a wife, I probably, this would never have happened, right? My novice master from 40, 45, I shouldn't have told you that one. My novice master from a few years ago <laughs> used to have an expression which I thought was funny. When something like this come, he'd say, well, what'd you expect? That's life without a wife. <laughs> Don't you like that one? If you complain about something, just I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to use that one on you. But we, anyway, we finally got, you know, it had to be the last one. I said, Lord, did it have to be the very last thing we looked at? It was a can of peaches. No offense to peaches, because the peaches are wonderful, but these weren't. Uh, the can wouldn't come off the shelf in the cabinet. It wouldn't come off. It looked great. It wasn't bulging. Uh, but we finally pried it off of there, and there some little hole had developed on the bottom of it. And this black stuff was oozing out of it. Can you just imagine if we'd actually used a candle burn this thing? Well, you know, it went in the trash. We had to replace the shelf. Couldn't get it off of there. Uh, and this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. The label looked great. The can wasn't bulging. You'd never know that it was rotten on the inside. How many people go through life, they spend their whole lives trying to look as young as possible. I'm at the point where I'm going to start doing that myself, I think. But, it, it, you know, you, the inside is what matters. Our body's going to drop off one day, and we're going to get a new one, but what's inside is going to show to everybody. And that's why our Lord, he warns us, don't just be a superficial Catholic or Christian. It's conversion of the heart that matters. So he's, he drills in because they lost the entire sense of why Moses prescribed that, or I should say rather why God on Mount Sinai gave the law with that particular prescription. The Pharisees began to really make an emphasis of this about 150 years prior to Jesus because the Jews had lost the faith. The Greeks had come in and basically almost destroyed the faith in the country. The Pharisees rebuilt it by making an obvious show of these things precisely to encourage people to start doing it again, but they'd lost that sense, began to be an act of pride. Another thing that we, pardon me, um, the big spot in front of you there. Another thing, you know, uh, nobody could be more, in the past, emphasize health foods than I was, but, but it, in fact, I, I went to the point where I was growing my own kale. All, all of you like kale? Some, no? I was eating kale smoothies. Uh, they're good, actually. You put a put a put a peach in them. Not the, not the ones I'm talking about. Uh, and they and they, they <laughs> nobody. None of you can eat peaches for a couple weeks after that story. But anyway, I, I did that, you know. And honestly, I'm not knocking health food, but I didn't feel one bit different after two years of that. Some deer ate the tops off my off my raised bed, and that was the end of my. I found out that Safeway was a lot easier to get my kale than growing it myself. But, you know, the point is, you know, with COVID, let's face it, we're, a lot of us have thought about our health legitimately, right? But, and there's so many other things that, believe me, nobody knows better than a priest or a pastor what can happen to us in life. And yet, are we worried about the wrong things? What's the state of my spiritual health? That's why we come here to get insights as to what's pleasing to God.
And what, you know, most of us are not going to commit murder, and probably most of us aren't thieves, although perhaps some of us have cheated on our income tax or something, but basically, or in our youth, maybe, you know, kids might steal something and then later feel guilty about it. But, you know, what Christ, blasphemy means just losing our temper in traffic or something, or, uh, or my problem, I don't necessarily do blasphemy, but my computer, my printer broke yesterday, and I said, this is your fault. I know that you're doing it. He said, no, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, I, I took a cartridge out, and now it won't accept the cartridges. Now I had to get buy two new cartridges. It's like, it's like I got, ah! I said, nope, nope, I'm preaching on this. I can't, I, I can't let out, like, you know. So, but adultery, unchastity, pornography, that's a big one. What do we do about it? Well, just, just as an example, uh, again, from 25 years of hearing confessions and counseling and stuff, it's really the beginning of any addiction. I don't care what it is. We have a huge AA meeting on Saturday nights. If any of you are interested, uh, just walk right in. The old church is right there. The, it's our first movement toward the addiction is where we have the most control over it. That's the greatest sin. That's where we concentrate on avoidance. And that's and a worse thing than any of that is what comes out of our mouths. And I'm speaking specifically of slander, calumny, and detraction. Saying something that's true that we shouldn't be spreading or an untruth that we don't know is untrue and spreading it. Or worst of all, an untruth that we are deliberately spreading to hurt somebody. And these things are extremely unpleasing, displeasing to the Lord, as well as unkindness, I might add, uh, because we hurt somebody. And on the last day of our lives, say this again, it came from one of the saints who had a, a vision of what's pleasing to God, and she was told, I have to think of who this saint was, on the last day of our lives, we're going to see things from three perspectives. How I felt at the time, you know, why, what, what I was going through when I said or did something, uh, how the person on the receiving end was affecting, we're going to feel in our heart and what they were going through. Maybe we reacted or misjudged somebody for judging the outside instead of the inside and how God saw it. So a three-way vision. And to prepare us for that inevitable occurrence, Jesus tells us, concentrate on the inside. You know, I try to live in the present moment. That seems to help with those, with those uh, immediate responses that we often you know, say first, think later type things, but not always, but it, it does help a little bit. So when we hear this list, we might get depressed, but really our Lord is not condemning us for this. He knows that we're human. He knows we're going to fail. We all have some fundamental weakness. Let's face it. Uh, many of you who are regular confess, confession is one way that we clean the slate on these things and giving to charity is another way. Uh, St. Paul says, you know, giving, giving to the poor and our sins are forgiven. And, you know, for very serious sins, we have this sacrament. But, you know, the reality is one often confesses the same thing quite frequently because we're human beings. Jesus, I'm not going to, I'll tell you, I'm going to be, I'm not, well, never mind what age I'm going to be. It's in the bulletin, unfortunately. But I'm going to be a senior citizen in a week, so I'm, I'm going through a crisis. Who, I'm still a youth for one more week, right? 
Anyway, and my point is, is that I thought by now I'd be holier, and it's going the wrong way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on the last day of my life, I'm going to say, Lord, please have mercy, because, you know, I tried. And that's all he wants to know, that we're trying. Becoming more aware of others. This is really, really critical. You know, whether I steal or I'm particularly mouth sins and, and anything against our family and people in church and, 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 that, and so on, everything ripples through time and space. Every, everything we do has an effect on others. We're here for a mission, and, and God's going to show us all the good things that, that one little thing occurred. Uh, I'll finish with this. I forgot this at the other mass, but I was on the phone talking to somebody about, uh, oh, I'm having a, 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 one of those, you know, I'm having a physical, you know, for obvious reasons. And there's some test that I'm scheduled for. They moved it from across the street to what West Salem. And she's, she's in Cleveland. So I said, oh, I'm from Akron. What do you, how do you think, like Cleveland? That's one of the 10 hottest cities to move into. I'm thinking, why? And she said, oh, I want to leave. I can't stand the snow. I want to move to Arizona, but I'm a, I'm, I work in a call center, and I don't know if they have any. And I said, I just happen to know that Tucson is one of the call centers of the nation. We chatted. She says, oh, I'm going to look that up. And you, know, you know, that one little conversation just might have changed her life because I took a little second a, a millisecond to talk, think about the person on the other end of the phone. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that those little things may be the biggest things on our life review. Who knows? So our Lord is telling us what matters to him. The world looks at the outside and praises people for their beauty and their wealth, and those are the people that are in the news all the time, and Christ couldn't care less about any of that stuff. That's baloney, and it's all going to go away. It's important that we have good things, and he wants us to be happy. But the reality is, it's the inside that's going to show. We all know that. So while we're working on our COVID health this year, you know, please God, this thing will be over with at some point. But, but in the meantime, it is, after all, a sign to us to work on the inside while we're concerned about the outside. That's, maybe, that's the message I've certainly been getting from it, is uh, what is the state of, of spiritual health in all the areas so that we won't be caught by surprise on the last day. And if you prefer to have a can of peaches with a hole in it, please wear your mask.